You're listening to Perspectives on Progress, a special edition of Capital Cast. I'm Rebecca Anzell. After a white Minneapolis police officer killed George Floyd, an unarmed black man, on May 25th, widespread demonstrations erupted. Illinois' black legislative leaders quickly called for policies to address the problem protesters were highlighting, systemic racism. Our team at Capitol News Illinois watched as thousands demanded change, and we asked ourselves, what role can we play in advancing the conversation about racial inequity, and how can we as a state move forward? Using our media platform, we're presenting this series to broadcast the 31 voices of the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus in their own words. And our goal is simple, to understand a perspective we've never lived through. Today, in the third episode of Perspectives on Progress, we'll speak to Representative Curtis Tarver. What has always struck me about the representative is when he speaks during committee hearing or on the floor, his colleagues listen. His priority is always, seemingly, the people of his district, not holding a party line opinion. Representative Tarver represents the 25th House District, which includes parts of Chicago's southeastern side. We spoke about what he's seeing as daily demonstrations continue and what he thinks needs to change. So so let me ask you, how, how are you doing? I'm well, I'll be considered. Have have you seen the video of, of George Floyd's death? Uh, no, I didn't watch the entire video. Um, I just couldn't, honestly. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty aware of what took place on the video, but I couldn't watch it all the way through. Yeah, that, it was it was such a tough thing to watch, and I think it came at a time when, you know, over the past couple of weeks there have been so many related incidents. Um, when you see the protests that are going on, not only in Illinois, but across the country and internationally, um, what crosses your mind? Well, I, um, I I think it just reminds me that, that there are more people out there who believe in good than believe in uh, bad, to be simple. You know, it's great to see so many people from across the world, you know, recognizing that we have a, um, a duty and a responsibility to um, ensure that everybody, you know, is afforded the same protection, you know, under the law. Um, at the same time, it's incredibly frustrating, right, because this is not the first protest that I've seen, you know, and unfortunately it, it likely won't be the last. Um, and that part is, is, is very difficult to, um, to deal with, you know, um, you know, in, in my private life as a lawyer, you know, I advocate on behalf of people who, you know, really don't necessarily have the, um, ability to do so for themselves, you know, in my public life as a state rep, I try to do the same thing and and it just becomes frustrating when you see videos like this and you realize that you know despite your best efforts we have so far to uh, to go this is a bit of a personal question but had in any point <clears throat> in your life have have you had one of these related experiences um of systemic racism i mean absolutely i'm, I'm a black man in america uh, and so i absolutely have you know i mean just even you know, there's a few things one I've had interactions with the police. I remember, you know, being younger and it, you know, there's a game they play where they tell you to keep your hands in the air and they also tell you to reach for your, you know, to hand them your ID, right? And no matter what you do, you're absolutely wrong. If you reach for your ID, you might get shot. If you don't reach for your ID, you get roughed up. I mean, because you're not, you know, following directions. So either way it goes, you're kind of screwed. I can't reach for my ID and have both of my hands in the air at the same time. 
<laughs> you know, um, so so things like that. But but I think you know, for me the issue is that you know if things like that happen to me and I'm an attorney and um, I'm a state rep, right, and I have some financial means to hire a private attorney, you know that's one thing. Uh, but how about so many people who don't have those opportunities? You know that's the frustrating thing, and that's what I see in my community. You know, and those are the calls that we receive far more often than I care to admit. What do we what do we as a society need to do for this to change? Do we need to pass laws? Um, do we need to reform our criminal justice system? Um, you know, does it come down to providing more health care and education resources in communities? You know, I think I think it's probably a combination of all those things, right? I think at the at, at a very basic level, um, we all need to care <laughs> about others the same way we care about our family members, right? Um, you know, if, if you, you know, no matter what the situation is, if you're someone who would not want to see, you know, your family member with a knee on his neck, you know, for nine minutes, three minutes after which, you know, he's already unconscious, then maybe you shouldn't do that, right? I mean, some of these things get back to the golden rule of treating others how you want to be treated, you know. Now, you know, there are plenty of laws in the books, right? Um, but you have laws in the books and state's attorneys or district attorneys or attorney generals who don't prosecute. So what good is that law? Right. Um, so I don't know that it's just specifically a one size fits all. I think we need to look at police accountability and reform overall. Um, I think we need to be in a position where, you know, officers are held to a higher standard. You know, we give them more authority than anybody else in society. They should be held, held to, you know, a higher standard, not only on the criminal side, but on the civil side uh, as well. As far as mental health, I mean, I think that's something that's just, you know, we need more, you know, and funds in the mental health space and awareness um, across the board. That's not a that's not a law enforcement thing. That is an everybody in society thing. Um, so I, I think we need to look at all those things, you know, together. And, you know, we need to <laughs> we need to have less redlining and segregation and things like that. You know, more individuals, you know, with the ability to naturally and organically interact with each other to be in classrooms together, to shop in the same places. As a reporter, I'm, I'm especially interested if, if there are things that you've read in a newspaper, that you've heard on the radio, that you've seen on TV, um, that make you stop and think, this is not how we should be framing this conversation. Um, is there something that needs to change there? Well, yes. I mean, I, I think anytime we focus more on property and, you know, looting and damage and things like that, and shift the narrative from the fact that someone was murdered and thank God there was a camera to catch it. Um, I think we have a problem. I, I think that we have to realize that you can be supportive of a peaceful protest um, and respect that, right? Because we live in America to do so and separate that from, you know, um, patting individuals on the back for looting and things like that. You know, I think, you know, the narrative has become hey, if you're talking about, you know, these marches and things like that, then you're supportive of businesses being looted and things like that. And I, and I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. Things are the two separate things. And I think that, you know, the individuals in the movement who've been peacefully protesting have gone out of their way, out of their way to make sure that, this, that you know, this remains peaceful. And it's not something that sets us back further than we already are. But unfortunately, I think there is... Um, it's not as provocative to say, hey, thousands of people walk down the street and march and protest in unity. Um, 
you know, as opposed to several hundred people who broke glass and looted and stole gym shoes and things like that. Unfortunately, we live in a society where the latter is more provocative and people, you know, people can use the latter to kind of justify, you know, deep-seated thoughts that they've already had. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, highlighting a piece of protest and things like that shines a light on what I said earlier, which is that there are very many people out there who love one another. There are very many people out there who prefer to um, focus on what's positive and what's good and the negative things that, that separate us. So, so on that topic of positive things, is there anything that you've seen in your district maybe that, that has given you hope over these last couple of days? You know, I have. I mean, you know, there's been social media, you know, going out to say, hey, meet us at whatever location to help up. And by the time you get there, there's so many people and there's so much cleaning that's been done that you're off to the next place. One particular place that I would, I would say is giving me a great deal of hope. There's a place called Local Market. So local market is in an area that um, has been a food desert. They open recently, um, and there's been an absolute beacon. It's hired individuals in the neighborhood. Seniors love to go shop there, fresh produce, those types of things. And um, unfortunately, they were looted as well. But they were looted, and immediately the call went out that we needed to go help clean up, and they reopened this morning. And so I think that's to the resiliency of the neighborhood, and, and also when you're a good corpus, how quickly, you know, the neighborhood will rally around you um, and, and be supportive. And it shows just a, a very mutual relationship, which I, I think is incredibly moving. Uh, before I let you go, um, sure. I was wondering if, if there's anything that you you really want to reemphasize the importance of or, or just add, sort of close us out. Let me just say this as, a, as, as kind of a parting shot. You know, for me, um, I learned a lot when I went to undergrad in law school in Iowa. It was totally different than the south side of Chicago. Um, and what I learned there has really informed my opinion and viewpoint going forward, which is that we all need to work on just being honest with each other. Most people are not actually bad people. There's a lot of conversations that are not had because people are afraid of being labeled something, when the reality is most of us are just ignorant in some capacity. And so the more we break down these barriers and we have conversations, I mean, we're candid and honest with each other about our experiences, um, I think the better off we'll all be. Uh, right now, I think there is, you know, a, sort of an awakening where people realize, wait a minute, you know, now that we see video evidence, right, people are treated differently by law enforcement. Um, but it's not just law enforcement. It's across the board, right? And that's a conversation that we have to be able to have in order to move forward. Representative, thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. That was Illinois Representative Curtis Tarver. And you've been listening to Perspectives on Progress, a special edition of Capital Cast. You can find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website capitalnewsillinois.com. CapitalCast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Production assistance was provided by Sam Dunklaw, and our music is by Kevin McLeod. I'm Rebecca Anzel.